Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome back to Politico Tech. Today's Friday, February 2nd. I'm Stephen Overly. If you grew up in the 90s and 2000s like me, you probably remember those Got Milk ads. The ones with movie stars and athletes sporting a signature white milk mustache. They were paid for through these quasi-government programs called checkoffs that encourage people to consume more American agriculture products. Now, those campaigns are getting a revamp for the social media era. They're really targeting this younger, more diverse generation. And so they're trying to kind of change how this TikTok generation eats and drinks. That's my colleague, Marsha Brown, who covers food and ag policy for Politico. She's here because this isn't your typical tech story. It's about how social media is now in the middle of an ag lobby fight. See, the U.S. dairy, pork, and beef industries are tapping influencers to hawk their products on platforms like Instagram and TikTok. And there's disagreement over who really benefits and whether government resources are better used elsewhere. On the show today, Marsha and I break down the controversy over the rise of these new food influencers. The fact that we're talking about beef and pork influencers on social media, I do feel like I've seen it all. Can you walk me through an example of like what one of these posts is like? So my colleague Haley Fuchs and I wrote this story together. Both of us were seeing these ads on Instagram and on TikTok. And I think the ones that were most memorable to me, partly because of who I am, were ads aimed at marathon runners in particular. I'm a runner, although I don't do marathons, but I do long distance. And they were aimed at women. They would have women kind of on their run, showing themselves running. And then they would go home and they would show themselves drinking chocolate milk out of their fridge, or they would show their like stock of different recovery drinks. And they would talk about the different foods that they eat, often that were full of dairy products um, as part of their nutrition to train for whatever race they were working on. And who was behind these ads? So behind these ads was an organization called Milk Pep, which is actually the dairy processor checkoff. And so they are essentially kind of like an industry group, except they're not really a private industry group. I can remember these kinds of marketing campaigns from decades ago, right? To me, the most famous one is probably Got Milk, like the people with the milk mustaches, right? I just remember every celebrity in the 90s and 2000s having like a Got Milk ad in a magazine. Yeah, the two other ones that come to mind are Beef, It's What's for Dinner and yes. Pork, The Other White Meat. So oh gosh, this okay. was very yeah, I remember these, yeah. Yeah, so around the same time, those definitely, I think, you know, entered the cultural zeitgeist and, and that was a big part of it. right. This is like that. It's like those campaigns, but for a new online generation, basically. I think that's right. What I did not realize, I learned this really from your story, is that these social media campaigns are being funded and managed in part by the government. What is the relationship between the government and these like marketing efforts? Yeah. So being a food and agriculture reporter, to me, this is, you know, everybody knows this in this space, but most people who are not covering this issue or know this issue don't realize this at all. So these types of advertising organizations are really not like the American Beverage Association, which represents like Pepsi and Coca-Cola. They are funded by what's called the checkoff, which is a fee on farmers and some milk processors. And that fee goes to a fund that's overseen by a USDA-appointed board 
And then the people who are on that board make a decision about how to spend the money. And they are authorized by Congress. These are programs that Congress, you know, wrote in the 1990s. And their mandate is to advertise and to promote the consumption of whatever the commodity is. They're not allowed to, you know, say bad things about other commodities, but they're allowed to say good things about what they do. And they can also fund research. So you'll see a lot of nutrition research. Dairy does sustainability research. What they say about this is, you know, look, an individual farmer can't pay for TikTok advertisements. This is a way for us to kind of pool our resources and help people learn the nutritional benefits of milk and Promote the industry and get people people buying American-made products. And the other thing I should say is that USDA also oversees the advertisement to the extent that they actually approve ads. So, yes, if you're a checkoff, you have to submit your ads to USDA and they'll say, yes, that complies with the law. And they also try to make sure that it complies with the dietary guidelines and good advertising practices from the FTC and nutritional claims from the FDA. So there's an oversight function here, too. There is some oversight function, although a lot of critics say that it's not enough. Got it. Well, I do want to get into the critics um, and some of the criticisms. One thing that stood out to me is that with these ads showing up on TikTok, there's all this criticism right now of TikTok here in Washington from Congress, from the federal government, because of suspected ties to China. Has that come up at all with the fact that these marketing campaigns are, you know, being rolled out and on TikTok? So it's certainly a question that we thought about. And my colleague Haley did ask the pork board, which is the pork checkoff, about this issue. And they essentially said that it wasn't a concern for them. Their congressional mandate is to advertise to promote the consumption of pork. And TikTok is the platform that they think is going to be most effective. They said that they are, you know, looking at platforms for their effectiveness. So maybe they'll look at a different platform instead at some point. But it doesn't sound like they're planning to change their strategy anytime soon. So it hasn't sort of gotten caught up in this like anti-TikTok for yeah. yet at least. But. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm very curious what folks are going to like who maybe weren't following these advertisements, didn't know this was happening. Think about this. Right. I know anytime TikTok gets mentioned, uh, there you can find someone on the Hill that is, is going to be critical of it. Uh, that's for sure. I did think it was interesting that there are some groups protesting these social media campaigns, including small farmers, which these are marketing U.S. agricultural products. Um, I was sort of surprised to read that they are not not necessarily a fan of these efforts. Why are they so upset? So the checkoffs have been around for a long time, and they've been criticized for about as long as they've existed. Okay. There are a lot of folks that are supportive of the checkoffs. They think that they work, that they, you know, promote consumption. They help develop new products, like with Taco Bell or something. You might be surprised. Some of the dairy products there were actually developed in association with some of these checkoffs. Is that right? That's funny. Yeah. And but I mean, a lot of folks say that the checkoffs really haven't worked. So, you know, one statistic that we looked at is, you know, during the era of the got milk ads, you know, consumption of fluid milk fell. So even though this was this thing that people were following, they weren't necessarily drinking more milk, although Americans are eating a lot more cheese. So that has helped to to compensate. Got cheese. Um, (laughs) Yes. With some of these groups that are upset about this or that want to see some sort of change in how these you know, social media campaigns are, are being rolled out, whose ear do they have in Washington? Like, are any policymakers paying attention to this and, and what are they talking about doing? 
There's an unlikely duo in Senator Cory Booker and Senator Mike Lee, a Democrat and a Republican, and they both don't like the checkoff, and they both have been pushing for reform in this space for quite a few years now. They have proposed a bill called the Off Act. I think their hope is to get that into the Farm Bill, which we may see later this year. The bill would prohibit certain conflicts of interest and introduce more oversight and kind of audits and that sort of thing. You know, opponents of this bill say that it would really hurt the checkoff's ability to do what they're supposed to do, which is advertise for milk and for Christmas trees or for popcorn. You know, there's 22 different checkoffs. So that's what they're hoping to get with this bill. But it has an uncertain future. (laughs) We'll be right back. The Biden administration is moving forward with a slew of new regulations that put products like semiconductors, electric vehicles, modern healthcare technology, and clean energy at risk. Chemistry is essential to our modern lives, creating products to help foster a more sustainable and competitive future. The Biden administration must change its course and work with manufacturers on science-based policies that protect American innovation. Learn more at chemistrycreates.org. Has the fact that these marketing campaigns move to social media changed at all some of the criticisms that these programs are getting? I think this is a really kind of emerging space. Right before we started to look into this, the Washington Post had a story about American Beverage Association paying nutritionists and dietitianists to say that aspartame wasn't dangerous. And this was right after the WHO had put out this warning about too many beverages with aspartame could be risky for your health. And they didn't have enough disclosure about you know, in these influencer ads, they didn't have enough disclosure about that they were paid for by the ABA. Okay. And so as a result of that article, the Federal Trade Commission actually sent warnings to the ABA and said you need to disclose more things. And I think that that story really reveals some of the challenges of social media. A lot of people are only engaging with something for 10 seconds. They're not going to go to the website and read all of your nutritional studies and environmental studies that back up your claims um, or maybe don't quite back up your claims. It's, it's harder for people to maybe evaluate what's being said in an advertisement. And I think as we've also seen, younger people are using these social media platforms and they're easier to influence when they're younger. Right. Um, And some of the critics, sort of longtime critics of the checkoff have pointed out that um, how you eat as a young person is essentially how you form your dietary habits for life. And so this is actually very strategic for any kind of um, food and, and beverage kind of advertising organization. And that certainly would fulfill the mandate that these checkoffs have from Congress. The whole point in some ways of these influencers is that they do blur the line, right, between like content and advertising, what's paid promotion, what's just lifestyle promotion. And so, yeah, unlike the got milk ads of the past, right, where even if I don't know that that's government funded, I realize it's an advertisement. I realize it's trying to sell me something. These social media ads, they blur the line in a way. Yeah, they definitely do. The food pyramid is really interesting and gets into one of the criticisms of the checkoffs, right? The food pyramid comes from the federal government. That's their recommendations for how Americans should be eating, right? But if you're getting an advertisement from the dairy checkoff or the pork checkoff, that's not nutritional guidance in the same way. And so critics have said that the checkoff messaging about how people should eat actually is confusing for consumers because they're thinking about my plate and then they're getting this ad on TikTok and they're thinking about the food pyramid and then they're getting, you know, a real Instagram. And it's like, how do they balance these conflicting messages that they might think are all from 
you know, or and actually are all from the government, although they may not know what the checkoff is. How are the agriculture industries that are behind these ads and obviously like support and these social media campaigns see them in some ways, as, as you said, reaching this like younger, very online audience? How are they defending this practice against the criticisms that it's getting? I think one thing that they've said, which I think is really interesting, is they are in some ways trying to reach consumers where they are. So they're, you know, one thing they've pointed out is that a lot of younger consumers are not eating, you know, a T-bone steak the way their parents or their grandparents did, but they're still eating meat. So they might use pork as a flavoring, as part of a large, you know, a larger dish. They might have cheese products, but they might not be drinking milk. And so I think some of the ads are trying to reflect that and they're trying to point out this is what we're supposed to do. This is what Congress told us to do. We're trying to kind of meet people where they are and have these these ads that are promoting consumption of our products, but in a healthy way. Right. I'm curious where, you know, with all of this debate around these programs and and these marketing efforts, what's the impact that this will have on social media advertising in the food space? I mean, is Big Beef going to take over my Instagram feed or move on? That I'm not quite sure about. It really depends on how much money they're going to spend on these ads. I think you know I've talked about the Marathoners ad a lot, but that seems to be the one that has gained the most traction online. I mean, they really have a lot of engagement. Jerry is also the biggest checkoff, so they have a lot of money, right? So money is part of the equation here. I think your algorithm also will decide these things for you. So if you start engaging with some of these these pork ads, you might be getting a lot of recipes you like, if you from like some big top beef, chefs. It's big yeah, beef all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the other thing that that stands out to me is that it's unclear when you look at these ads and you look at the response to the ads if the social media users realize that this is a checkoff or even that it's from the dairy industry, dairy farmers, dairy processors, or whether it's, you know, just a nutritionist saying that cottage cheese is good for you. So I'm curious to see that play out. Well, Marsha, listen, interesting story. Anytime we can talk about beef and milk on a tech podcast, I think that's fun stuff. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on the podcast. That's all for today's Politico Tech. You can read more reporting on this at politico.com. And for more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's episode comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our managing producer is Annie Reese. Our producer is Afra Abdullah. And our editors are Steve Heuser, Daniela Cheslow, and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly. See you back here on Monday.